Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me here on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Live by Every Word. We're also online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. And all of our programming is available in podcast form, so if you can't listen to it live, we appreciate you downloading and listening to our podcasts. Well, if you think for just a moment about all of the problems that we are facing in the world, it's uh, quite a list. And that's not a pleasant subject to think about, but we do have to face reality. And if we think about some of those problems then we can also take a moment and think about what man has proposed as the solutions for those problems. There's problems, and then people come along and say, well, maybe we should try this thing or that thing and and see if we can solve it. Well, how often do those solutions work? Not too often, especially if it's a serious and complex problem. The solutions usually make the problem worse. You can think of recent health issues with the pandemic and the proposed solutions. Have those solutions solved the problem or has it become worse? Has it become more convoluted? Have the supposed solutions actually become more of a problem? Well, I think you could say that they have. Everywhere we look, whatever issue you're looking at, there is a growing number of difficulties. Why is that the case? Why can't we seem to solve the problems that we see in this world? How come we can't solve disease, war, famine, just the lying that continues to go on? How come those things aren't solved? Well, notice this profound passage in Jeremiah and see if you really believe it. We're going to look at the cause of these problems and a little bit at the solution as well. And these are causes and solutions that work on a global scale. They work on an individual level, too. We each have areas in our lives where we have to grow and overcome problems. So we can also see the cause of those more personal issues as well as the solution. But here is the cause. This is in Jeremiah 17. And if you have a Bible handy, you could get that out and Look at these passages with me. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and it's desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so this passage is describing human nature, the way people just go normally or naturally, we could say. People just go along in a certain direction, and they think, well, that's natural, that's normal. That's what everybody would do. They're being influenced by Satan. You can read that in Ephesians 2 and verse 2. Satan is described there as the prince of the power of the air. In other words, he broadcasts, you know, like a radio signal or a television signal or even the Internet. It has a a way that it broadcasts. Well, Satan does that. He broadcasts. He affects moods and attitudes and impulses. And 
people don't really notice that. They think it's just natural to feel the way they feel or to have the impulse they have. But they're being influenced. But most people think, well, that's just what happens naturally. But human nature is influenced by Satan. And God's view of that human nature is what we just read here in Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. God's view of it is that it's a heart that is deceitful above all things and is desperately wicked. So to be deceitful above all things means that, of course, most people don't see it because they're deceived about it. They're deceived about their own thinking. People don't view themselves and their thinking that way. They would say, well, I'm not. I'm not a bad person. I don't do bad things. But yet, the mind, as influenced by Satan, that's what it becomes. That's what it becomes. Deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. It's selfish. It wants what it wants. And God's view of human nature is exactly that. That's why we have the problems that we have. That's why we have the problems in this world, in this nation, and in our individual lives. If there are issues there to be worked with, it's because this Jeremiah 17 verse 9 mind is directing actions that lead to problems. The truth is, without God's Spirit, every human goes the way of Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. They follow along with a mindset that is, again, as described here, a mindset that is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Trumpet editor-in-chief Gerald Flurry writes, in Lesson 36 of our free Bible Correspondence course, and uh, if you don't have that, if you haven't signed up for it, please do so. It's free, and it's a wonderful course. It'll really open up uh, your Bible to you in many ways and give you a lot of insight. And he says, if you let a desperately wicked heart run free, it will do great damage. See, that's what is happening in this world. The world around us, with all of its terrible problems, it's a result of selfish minds clashing with other selfish minds. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, hearts are running wild. And the result is all the multiplying problems that we see. It's the multiplying problems. So how bad will it get? Where does, where does that type of thinking lead? How bad will it get before man learns to stop following that thinking? Well, Christ tells us. This is in Matthew 24. Notice this passage. Matthew 24, and we'll look at verses 21 and 22. And, of course, um, Christ is giving this Olivet prophecy here. His disciples came to him and said, what, what will be the sign of your coming in the end of this age? And so he begins to tell them what to look for. Verse 21, it says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. So a time is coming in the not-too-distant future that is worse than any time we've had to this point. And there's been some bad times, as you know. But this will be worse, so says Christ. Verse 22, And except those days should be shortened, and they'll be shortened by the return of Christ, but he says, except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved alive, it should read. 
but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So Christ here is being very clear that this Jeremiah 17 verse 9 heart, that again is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, if it's not stopped, it gets to the point where man would destroy himself. Now, I suppose maybe years ago people could have read that and thought, well, how would that come to pass? How would that be? But that shouldn't be hard for us to envision. We have weapons that could do that right now. We have weapons of uh, great destructive power that could easily destroy mankind and destroy this planet. So we know we're getting very close to the fulfillment of these days. But mankind's going to have to learn the hard way to keep the law of God. Mankind as a whole. Individually, though, it's uh, much better, of course, to learn it a simpler way and to, to believe what God says. And if the world would do that, then God could intervene in a different way. But uh, man hasn't proven that uh, he'll listen unless things get as severe as they're going to get. But mankind will have to learn the hard way to keep the law of God. Mr. Fleury writes in the correspondence course that it is very difficult to keep God's law. See, the solution is the law, keeping the law. It says, but the problem isn't with the law. It is with us. Right? God's law isn't the problem. The problem is with man that doesn't want to keep that law. He writes, we need to change and conform ourselves to that law. How many people have an idea of God, but they conform it to their thinking? See, that's, that's idolatry. We don't make God in our own image, our own thinking. We have to make sure we conform ourselves to God and to his law. And that means change. That means we probably do some things we need to do differently. He says, Mr. Fleury writes, we need to replace the wickedness of our hearts with the righteousness of God by writing God's law in our hearts. Writing it in our hearts. See, this, this is a true solution here on a global level, but also on an individual level. If you want to solve the problems that you face in your life, then you have to turn away from your Jeremiah 17, 9 heart and begin to obey the laws of God. And that's true for all people. You know, so a person could hear that and maybe be a little offended by it, but we're all in the same boat. <laughs> Every human being has that Jeremiah 17, 9 heart and has to repent of it and has to change. Notice this in Hebrews 8. We'll look at Hebrews 8, verses 8 through 10. And we'll see what the instruction is here. It says, For finding fault with them, this is talking about the, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, says the Lord. The problem with Israel was that they didn't obey God, right? They didn't follow through on their end of the agreement. Verse 10, it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people, 
So what days is he talking about? Well, he's talking about after the return of Christ, when Christ returns. We've just read there in Matthew 24 about this time of tribulation coming, mankind learning the hard way about following the law of God and the results of sin, the results of rebelling against that law. Christ has to stop the calamity that unfolds, because if he didn't, there wouldn't be any flesh saved alive. That would be the result of that Jeremiah 17, 9 heart. But he does stop it, thankfully. He does return and begins to, okay, get things going in the right direction and really setting his hand to save the world. And he's going to have a new covenant at that time where he puts his laws into people's minds and writes it in their hearts. They need God's spirit. They need God's spirit. And this is really describing a change of heart. See, a change of thinking, a change of mind. And instead of following a deceitful and a wicked heart that is being followed today, people will have God's law written in their hearts. And so Christ will set his hand to do that after he returns. He'll set his hand to save all of mankind at that time. Christ is only working with a select group of first fruits that have been called by God the Father. And you can read that in John 6 and verse 44. That's God's prerogative. He calls certain ones today. And then once baptized, they have to resist that Jeremiah 17, 9 heart and follow the lead of God's Holy Spirit. Follow the lead. God's Spirit doesn't force anybody or make anybody do anything, it, but it leads, and we have to follow that lead. Mr. Fleury writes that we need to write God's law on our hearts indelibly, to etch it on our hearts and minds so it will never go away. That will bring true freedom into our lives. True freedom, and people want freedom, of course. True freedom comes from obeying God's laws. And we can look at 1 Peter 2 and verse 16, where it shows us how we are to live. It gets fairly specific here. Once a person has God's spirit and they're being worked with and and their eyes are open to understand that they have to battle against this Jeremiah 17, 9 heart and let God's spirit lead them and follow that lead. We see in 1 Peter 2 and verse 16 how we are to live. And it says, live as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. The Revised Standard Version has it maybe a little more clearly in the modern uh, English, where it says, Live as free men, yet without using your freedom as a pretext for evil, but live as servants of God. We have to live as servants of God. That's how we have to live. That's how we have to live, and that means rejecting the pulls of the Jeremiah 17, 9 heart and letting God's Spirit lead us. Living as a servant of God, I mean, that means that we do God's will and not follow our own thinking. We can't follow that thinking of that heart, <laughs> that Jeremiah 17, 9 heart. It has to be thinking that is led by God's Spirit. When we learn the truth of God, then we have to act on it. The natural, carnal mind of man, which is, again, Jeremiah seventeen nine, that acts according to the pulls of the flesh. It seeks to get what it thinks will make it happy. And so all that getting, though, 
brings sorrow and it brings clashes with other minds that are also trying to get and take for themselves. So you have wars, you have disagreements, you have squabbles and fights, and then it breaks out into bigger problems between nations because you have these minds that are all selfish and they're all trying to get for themselves and do what they think they should do and what feels right to them. And so those, those things conflict with each other. And there's fighting and there's problems. Mr. Fleury writes that we need to be like Christ, free of human nature. And that you know, is what made Christ perfect. He was led by God's Spirit totally, completely. He completely followed God's Spirit. And he did not follow the poles of the flesh. He was tempted in all points. I mean, he was a human being. You know, he never put anything ahead of God. He always put God's will first and made sure that he followed it. Christ was not influenced by Satan. He conquered Satan, and he was totally led by God's Spirit. And in so doing, he set us a perfect example. He did it first, and he did it perfectly so we could look at his example and then strive to emulate it. Notice 1 Peter 2, verses 21 through 23. Talking here to those that God has called, it says, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us. And he did. You know, he was beaten with stripes for our healing. He was crucified, and his blood was shed for the remission of spiritual sins. So we could repent. It says, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. And when he suffered, he threatened not, but he committed himself to him that judges righteously. There is many instances in his life where if he wasn't being led by God's Spirit, he would have reacted carnally and sinned. But thankfully, that did not happen. He was always led by God's Spirit. But people said horrible things to him. He was beaten. He was killed. And he was perfect. And man would think, you know, being led by a Jeremiah seventeen nine heart, they'd think, well, you know, so-and-so said this to me. Well, of course I said that back to them. You know, or they provoked me, and that's why I did this and that. That's just the way the carnal mind thinks, as Satan influences it. But Christ wasn't that way. There was no sin. He was led completely by God's Spirit. Completely. And, and he was free of human nature. He didn't have it. He was free of it. He was totally led by the Spirit of God. Mr. Fleury writes that it is very difficult to keep God's law. But the problem isn't with the law, it is with us. And we need to change and conform ourselves to that law. And we read that quote earlier, but it's so profound. I thought it'd be good to remember it and to talk about it again. And he says, we need to replace the wickedness of our hearts with the righteousness of God by writing God's law in our hearts. So that that takes some effort on our part. And of course, it has to be led by God's spirit. But again, a, a really practical point is when we know the truth of God, we've got to act on it. We've got to act on it. And that's something that is so vital and so important for us to do. 
and to strive to continue to do. As we learn more and understand more, act upon it. And in so doing, we can really have that freedom we want and really conquer that Jeremiah 17, 9 heart. If you'd like to learn more about this, you can request the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course at Lesson 36. And it's good to uh, sign up and take all the, all the different lessons and go through them and study them. It's a free course, and it's there at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.